what, what do you think makes somebody successful in photography? I know that's a good question. I mean, it's a, it's a challenging question, but a lot of people wonder, you know, how do you get to, you know, where, you know, the idols, whatever that might mean, are? Perseverance would have to be one of the keys, yeah. I think. Lots of Red Bull. Lots of Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> Our rock star. Um, being in the right place at the right time when, yeah. you know, uh, people are, for some reason want to buy the work. Mm -hmm. you know, there's something there. But yeah, maybe uh, success generates success as well. It maybe does. that's part of yeah. the, the formula, if you yeah. like. Well, confidence generates success. You know, race horses, it's, that's a metaphor between race horses and photographers. When you have a horse that doesn't perform well at a certain level, let's say at the Kentucky Derby level, they are last. If you keep running the horse in the derby, they'll keep being last because they lost the confidence. Mm. And so if you put them into a lower class and they start to win, then all of a sudden you can put them back into the derby and they, they can do better because now they have the confidence. You know, they, they're animals, so they, they're like us. You know, they have a mind and they think and they, they see themselves as winners or losers. And so the same with photographers. I mean, we don't run the Kentucky Derby, you know, but if you have a small show, you know, let's say the problem with photographers is that to continue the metaphor, they want their first show to be at the Museum of Modern Art in New mm. York or at the mm. Chicago Museum of Art or at yeah, the Getty right. Museum in LA, you know, one of the big threes, right? And when that doesn't happen, they're like, well, I'm worthless, I have nothing to say, I'm empty. Well, it's like the horse at the Kentucky Derby, you know, from then on, they're going to be losers. You got to go to your local gallery, have a show, rock the world, impress all of the local artists and then go on from there. It's kind of like shifting down gears a little that's bit right. to go faster. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's a good metaphor. Yeah, you're, if you're in fifth gear and you're climbing your hill and you don't go any faster, you know, you got to downshift. Yeah. yeah. So it's also mm -hmm. flexibility, like when to, you know, realizing when you mm -hmm. need to make a change. Yeah. It's also knowing that uh, you can trick your mind. But, the, you know, I always say the problem is between the left ear and the right ear. <laughs> <laughs> and the mind is usually the problem, you know. The, I forgot the name of the, the baseball player, that's also a philosopher, you know, said that we have found the enemy and it is us. Exactly, <laughs> you know? that's right. It, it's, it's what it is, you know, and uh, you have to be on confidence, you know. You, you, uh, nobody starts at the top, you know. Everybody starts somewhere else. <laughs> but some of us, uh, I think we, we just, uh, you know, know that, you know, you, you just get at it gradually, you know. I wonder what it is that makes us think that we have to be at the end before we start. I think it's just, uh, I think we're delusional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think it's like that in the other visual arts. I don't think you have somebody that's learning painting and expects to paint a masterpiece the very first time. And I also think you gotta have the passion. I think what makes a good photographer is passion. Sometimes you'll look at people's work and there is absolutely no passion. They're not passionate about what they're photographing and it comes across. Yeah, passion in, passion out. Yes. If you're not passionate about your work, you can't ask your audience to be passionate about your prints. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think your work sucks, the audience is gonna think the same. There's no miracle. I mean, when sometimes I have people, photographers that come to me with a print and say, it's not very good, what do you think? Well, I think it's not very good. <laughs> you just told me, you know. I mean, why should I think any different, you know? Or don't tell me, right? Yeah, because you're going to, you're obviously going to absorb what they say, about yeah, their work, right. and, and their, yeah. their own attitude is going to yeah. come well, up. And, yeah, and very often important. the question is the answer. If they, you know, like, if they came and said, okay, how can I make this better? Well, this is how you can make it better. 
you know, you have to write the question or word the question properly. Like people say, how can I lose weight, right? Well, that's, that's going to lead to ways of losing weight, right? But if people say, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm overweight, well, that leads to nothing. You know, you have to word the question to, uh, to find an answer. You know, very often the, the solution is in the question. And, and very often people say, well, how can I be successful? Well, that may not be the right question. The right question might be, how can I generate passion in the eyes of the audience? Right? Because all of a sudden, the answer is, well, you've got to be passionate about your work. Well, exactly. The, yeah. How can I generate passion within myself? Yeah. You know, what makes right. me feel passionate about yeah. my work? Because the question that a lot of people who are overweight ask is, why am I fat? Well, you're fat because you eat fat food, and you eat probably more than, than calories than you spend, right? So that's it. That's the answer. That's not going to help you lose weight. But if you say, how could I be not fat? Well, then all of a sudden, you find all these answers. The same with photography. You know, if you, if you ask yourself, why am I bad? Well, you're bad because of all these reasons. But if you say, how can I be better? Then all of a sudden, all these questions come up, and, uh, and they help. It's, it's really about, no, you know, the, the problem is that a lot of people are very, very successful, but they, they don't always know why. You know, and and when you go into an endeavor like photography, where it's all you, nobody, you know, there's no career track for photography. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I never heard of a photographer mm. being interviewed to be a photographer, <laughs> right? You know, when you're in school, you don't have uh, what do they call them? Uh, you know, career the meetings, career advisor, right? Or yeah. career conference yeah. where you have all of these companies, and and but I've never seen one of the people there, the companies hiring photographers, right? So you have to do it all yourself. So that means you have to understand what makes people successful, without you know a doubt. Otherwise, yeah. I don't think it's going to work. I also think um, looking at your work and reflecting <coughs> on it, studying. Your work, what you're doing, but also the work of other photographers. I've met many people that don't look at their work enough and reflect on it enough. You know, because I think that's really important. I know when I was teaching art, what made me a better teacher constantly was that I was always reflecting on my teaching and thinking, how can I make this better? How can I teach this better? Uh, mm -hmm. And the same with painting and drawing. Mm -hmm. How can I make uh, this more, you know, this better? It doesn't matter what it is. Constantly reflecting on it. Why, asking why did, what, how did this artist create that piece? Mm -hmm. I think that's the crucial question. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I personally believe that the reason why we do art is because we've appreciated and enjoy art by other people and all of a sudden we ask ourselves well how did that happen or how that was was that made and then we start to want to make it ourselves mm. years ago i worked in an art gallery in a commercial art gallery and um from doing that i really felt like i wanted to be on the other side mm -hmm. you know i wanted to be making art not just right. on the on the side of selling it mm -hmm. you know so that that was a great push forward that's that was after that I got into photography. Mm -hmm. And what made you want to make art? I mean, what was besides the fact that you had the work in a art gallery? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Something about wanting to express some emotional mm -hmm. quality. Um, it was exciting. It was exciting. It was you know a very different form of expression. Mm -hmm. I mean, most of the work in the gallery that I uh, worked in was uh, painting. Uh, mm -hmm. It was mainly painting. Very little photography. Um, but yeah, just I, I think seeing people producing these 
you know, what was inside of them, mm-hmm. their imaginations and... Uh, In a sense, they were expressing themselves and, and maybe that's, that was so. the draw yeah, yeah. that you wanted to express yourself. Yeah. 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 I think most of us want to express ourselves yeah. in one way or another. I mean, I'm convinced that people that build model trends in their basements are trying to express themselves. Nothing wrong with that. Well, it's just uh, a different form of expression, yeah. and I guess what we call art is is just another another way of doing it. We, mm-hmm. When we go through, say, we don't do much art in school and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to. We used to. We yeah. cut the budget down. <laughs> now right. it's computer science. <laughs> but uh, the other ways of expressing a maybe they're a bit more mechanical or a bit right. more formal or right. something like that. There's a freedom with. With art, with yeah. art, but also, I think it's a way to reach the spiritual, right? I think so. I mean, it touches me deeply when I see yeah. that in in yeah. work. in other people. Yeah. yeah, it can be very emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to look at Prince of Edward Westland. I have one. Right, it's very emotional um, because the artists put so much of themselves. I mean, yesterday we bought an original painting by uh, uh, Pina, who is a Native American artist, and uh, he said because we we told him. Uh, you know, talked about the size of the paintings and uh, the prices. And obviously they are more expensive when they are larger. And he said, you know, I don't make them more expensive because uh, there's more of me. Uh, there's as much of me I know in all of them. I put right. myself in all of yes, them. That's what yes. he said. And I, and I found that very interesting yeah. because what he's saying is the price is the size. It's not because you got more art or mm. less art. Right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not better art. It's not lower art. It's just the same art. It's just, you know, I, I mean, uh, maybe a 40 by 50 takes me a week and the other one takes me half a day, right? right. You know, and I found that very interesting because... And also he talked about passion. Right. And he talked about how his son was doing music and art, but he hadn't really decided which one was his passion yet. So he was kind of drifting in between the two, trying to find his place. Right. Yeah, and Tony uh, Sweet talked about that uh, when we were talking to him in private. He said a lot of people want to do photography, but they want to keep one foot into their current job. And you can't do that. You can't straddle the fence. You've got to let go of everything mm. and do that full time. That, well, that's exactly the place I'm in. And it's it's a challenge because you, I know that. But there's also this thing of having to survive and, you know, pay the rent or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so the temptation to keep... Uh, you mm. know, money coming in from another job, right? Um, is there? Well, it's it's maybe necessary for a while just to get started. But I also know that going down the photographic path, it's full time. There's, you know, you can't really yeah. divide yourself. And you're competing the, against people that, I mean, because it is competitive, that do this full time mm-hmm. and we exactly. work seventeen hours a day and sleep six hours. That's and, right. That's <laughs> right. You know, and, and then one hour they eat, right? Yeah. Uh, and and I'm not saying that's the way to do it, but they are out there. You know, I mean, that's the problem. Yeah, they, it's very very challenging. It is, and I don't think there's any easy answer to that one. Everyone will have to work that one out as as they go, but. You know, I guess for myself, I'm hoping that, you know, gradually I can shift over mm-hmm. to making photography right. full time, you know, and it doesn't take too long to do that. And maybe have a, have a you know, money making job that doesn't require much uh, yeah. attention in a way. Well, that's the thing, you know, you know if yeah. you've got a job that um, doesn't require your, you know, too much. Your brain power. Brown, yeah, exactly. 
that it's, physical too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that you're not so exhausted you can't create. Yeah. I think that's the danger. You have to be careful. Or find yeah. a you know a patron or like we were talking the other yeah. day. Yeah. You know, kings or right, yeah. right. Churches. Sponsor churches. It's getting harder and harder. <laughs> the kings are getting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> far and few in between, and we are not very cooperative anymore. Yeah. And no, not to talk about the pope, right? That's why I forget yes. about the pope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Leonardo da Vinci was lucky, and so was uh, all of the other Renaissance artists. Yeah, right? and musicians. You and know, musicians. They, yeah. they did very well at a yeah. particular time. They could goof off, and then the prince would come to their rescue, right? That's, <laughs> that's Mozart's life story. <laughs> yeah, Mozart crawling underneath the table. <laughs> We've we've lucked out on the uh, the saving. It's prince. over, and uh, you know maybe they did it in first, right? Yeah. They screwed up too much, but it's over. And right? you know that's that's um an interesting kind of metaphor in itself because we've talked about the whole thing of um wanting to be discovered, mm-hmm. and there's an element in that in that kind of fairy tale mm-hmm. scenario, and you know knowing that, and going back to success as well, it does take hard work, and it's not. Yeah about waiting to be discovered by someone it doesn't hurt to be discovered but if it doesn't happen you better make sure that you know you've got what you want yeah you know the, the problem of being discovered is you have no control over it and uh, obviously we go into business for ourselves because we want to have control so there is a, a conflict here and whenever there is a conflict there is a problem and i think that the problem is that people want to have control but at the same time they're not so sure Mm. You know, because you don't find that, you know, the concept of discovery, of the spider finding the, the artist uh, that should be, uh, you know, in MoMA, you know, and has never had a chance. You don't find that in, uh, for example, uh, other areas of business. Like if you go That's to talk right. to Donald Trump, Donald Trump is not expecting to be discovered. No. He's discovered himself. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he discovered that he likes money, you know, yeah. and, and that's what he goes for, and power. Well, you have to be in charge of your own destiny. Right. The way you do it the other way, you know, somebody else is fully in charge of your destiny or outcome. Or well, nobody's in charge, which well, is even yeah. worse. Oh, that's even mm. worse. You know? <laughs> See, if you, if you run a ship, right, and you're, and you're in charge of the ship, there's three possible solutions. You can be the captain, you can be hijacked, and the pirates are the captain, or nobody's in charge. Of the three, nobody's in charge is the worst. The ship will capsize. Yes. Yeah, you know, I, it's I only a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's only the first big wave, the first big storm, and there's no more ship. Yeah. Because if you're the captain, you're going to try to save it. If you're the pirate, you're going to try to save it. Uh, as, as long, at least as long as you still have goods on board, mm. right? Um, but I think that the worst is that a lot of artists, nobody's in charge. We are waiting to be discovered, but nobody's coming. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's no showing up, yeah. nobody's knocking on the door, nobody's calling. Yeah. And eventually they're like, well, now what? Well, now what is eventually they shut down the store, whatever that might be. They close the gallery, they, they quit doing photography or art because they've been waiting too long and it did not pan out. But nobody was ever going to show up. You know, the other thing is, let's just suppose for a second that somebody's going to show up. All right, well, somebody's knocking at the door and they're like, wow, you're great. Uh, tomorrow I want you to show your work at the biggest museum in the world. Are you ready? Mm. I'm not. That's right. You were talking right? about that the other day. Yeah. I'm yeah. not. Nobody is. How could you be? Mm. You're ready because you have a project and you have a timeline and you have a plan of action and you put it all together. Right. right? Mm. I mean, a show, a very big show, might take a year of preparation. Definitely would take six months. You know, 
so it's it's a it's a fable it's a it's a construction mm. of, of the mind you know it's a nice story you know but <laughs> you know the problem is they do it fully awake and you know not under the influence of anything right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but but truly it's a story of of being under the influence of of something pretty strong you know <laughs> i think and I try to tell that when I teach marketing, you know, it's fine if you want to believe that you're going to be discovered, hold that thought, but make sure you're financially successful because otherwise you're going to have problems, you know. I think that's one of the things that really attracted me to your work and your approach because you talk about uh, the technical, like with photography, there is that technical mm. aspect. You talk about the art and creating art and being an artist and you talk about marketing and putting all those things together uh, it's key to to being right. successful most people don't talk about all those elements you know when i did um, my photography training it was to do commercial work and it was focused just on um, making very particular mm -hmm. kinds of commercial work right. we didn't really look at the business aspect mm -hmm. and we certainly didn't look at the artistic aspect right. at all so it's um it's fantastic that you're exploring mm -hmm. and not afraid to explore all yeah. of those things because that's what it's about. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's, I mean, if you do just photography, there's two parts: technical and artistic. And then, if you want to make money, then there is a third part, which is marketing. And they have nothing to do together. And they are really separate parts. And uh, I, you really have to wear three hats. You know, the technician, the artist, and the business person mm. or the marketer. You know. And, and a lot of artists think that marketing is a four-letter word. I mean, it's literally yeah. a dirty word, you know. Oh, I don't market. No, I'm sorry I asked, you know. I, I did not realize you wanted to starve, you know. I mean, people, you know, the concept of the starving artist, mm. right, which I find, you know, more and more interesting <laughs> now. You know, I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe the artists themselves want to starve, you know. And then, of course, when you emerge out of the starving artist <laughs> syndrome and you start to recover, people look at you and say, oh, my God, you're no longer a starving artist. That's going to hurt you, you know. And I had that. And you said, well, um, you, you've been there. You, you right. don't want to stay there all your life. So, you know, that's sort of the, the breakthrough. But it's not discussed. Yeah. And, and I really think that it's because a lot of artists, my feeling, for whatever it's worth, are afraid to talk about these things. They think it's going to ruin it for them. You know, and again, if you go back, you know, when you make your living from an activity, it's a business endeavor. You go back to other types of business that are not art, and you don't find that. You don't have Donald Trump saying, "I'm sorry, I did well." Mm. You know. Well, that's right. You know, and I think because I have run my own business, um, not photography, but another business, I now can see how important it is. But when mm -hmm. I started, I didn't understand right. that, and my naivety about it. Um, you know, was also my demise. Right. In, in a way. I mean, there were yeah. other factors, well, but that was part of it. Naivete is usually, you know, works against you, Yeah, right? well, you know. did then. <laughs> Only in the fairy tales does it work for you, That's right? right. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's very interesting because, you know, I always say that people that are successful never make excuses. They don't go, you know, I'm, I'm very sorry I made $4 million last year, you know. They, they never say that. But these people that are unsuccessful who say, well, the reason why it did not work is because. There's really no reason to make excuses either. Mm. You just need to do the right thing. Yeah. And, and I like comparing photography as a business to other businesses because that's basically what it is. You know, all businesses are the same. You need a product and you need a, a customer. That's, that's all you need. So whether you sell, you know, car parts or photographs or you know, a service, you know, whether you're a taxi driver or, 
you know, you do repairs on houses. It's always the same. You have a product and you have a customer. And, and photographers somehow don't see it that way. Very, when we do consulting for marketing, the, the first thing we look at is the product. And the product is a photograph, obviously. But it's amazing how few artists have actually a product. They have a print. Mm. They're like, okay, that's my product. I say, no, that's not your product. That's a print. I say, well, that's my work. I say, well, we're no longer talking art here. We're talking business, right? I mean, it'd, it'd be like a, a drug manufacturer. Let's say Cipro, you know, to take one example. That So you're the Cipro guy, and you do consulting with somebody like me that's trying to help you sell your Cipro. And the guy puts a pill on the, on the counter and says, that's my product. That's not a product. Well, no, it's my product. No, it's not a product. That's a pill. <laughs> I say, what is the product? Well, the product is the pill into a box with six of them per sheet, and there is a label, and there is all sort of information, and it has been approved by, you know, the FDA or whatever uh, government thing approves CPRO, and you have a price, and you have a distributor, and you have a chain of delivery, and you have fulfillment, and you have a solution when people call and say, I've got zits all over my face because I took CPRO, and that, that's a product, <laughs> right? The product is the complete package. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Natalie and I believe that if we can't deliver the work, we don't have a product. Mm. It's, it's not just even having the, the thing. You have to package it so that if it goes to, let's say, England or China, it's going to come in one piece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've had friends that would sell enormously large pieces. And then somebody comes and, you know, I had a friend at Grand Canyon, actually, John, sold a piece to China one day, and uh, to somebody from China. And the lady said, I can't take it with me. And John said, I can't ship it. So he lost the sale. They were trying to haggle back and forth as to how she could take it, you know, but you don't have a product. A product yeah. is the complete package. And, and that's very challenging for artists because they have to put on the hat of a business person and, and they don't. I don't think we've done we're no, done with no. it. No. There was something else yeah. in there that came yeah. to me as That's okay, we'll, we'll erase all of this. Um, uh, I mean, you've been talking about a plan as well, mm -hmm. and uh, I think that's part of that's very important. Yeah. The the strategy, and you know, maybe the plan is similar to a, um, you know, like a business plan. I don't know if that's exactly what you mean, but yeah. um, that's what kind of comes to mind. Yeah. In just or, or a vision or, or a direction. Is that what you mean more yeah. by a plan? Well, the idea is based on Dale Carnegie who said hard work and long hours won't generate success. You have to have an organized plan. Yeah. And a lot of artists work very hard. I have no doubt about it. They put in long hours, but they don't have a plan. And so it's like driving down a road very fast with, you know, the desire to get there, but you're in the wrong direction. It's, you know, eventually you have to back up and you have to turn around and uh, you're not getting anywhere. Mm. It's mm. working smarter, not harder. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, uh, another concept, I mean, it's all these things. Another concept is productivity versus activity. A lot of people are very, very active. They're always doing something. We have a friend. He's always on the way to another gallery. You know, um, he lives in, uh, in Utah. He's always on the way to another show. He's always on the way to creating another piece, talking to somebody very active. But his situation never changes because there's no productivity. Mm. It's not leading to anything. Yeah. Um, so it gets dissolved. It, it, there's no the plan. The energy kind of gets yeah. dissolved in, he, in the activity. Right. He's satisfied being busy. But he, he does not have really a drive to make the busyness reach a particular goal. Yeah. 
I mean, in my business, if I keep cranking out new photos all the time, I'm not going to get anywhere. I got to do other things, right? So I can't just be productive. Yeah. Uh, you know, in in a, in a very narrow way, I have to I have to channel the productivity. So the plan that each of us adopt is going to be quite individual as well. Do you see that? You have you to see where you want to be. Yeah. You know, and you know, of course, people say, "Oh, I want to be the best photographer in the world." That's bogus. Mm. You know. Even if you wear, what difference does it make? The best photographer in the world doesn't necessarily make a lot of money, <laughs> right? Or maybe they have a lifestyle that you can't stand, you know? You have to know where you want to be, and it's better put in financial terms. Yes, and know? so maybe to project it out into like a, you know, a one-year plan or two-year plan or... A lifestyle. A the best, the well. best is a lifestyle. Right. The best is to picture a lifestyle. Yeah. Um, what lifestyle do you want? I mean, you know, I don't know, but... Then let's say you define that lifestyle. How much money do you need? Mm. And and then you have to do everything else to to so that it makes it possible. I have a lot of examples of people that have a specific lifestyle in my in mind, and you look at their prices, and they will not reach that lifestyle. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. yeah there's no way. They're not asking enough. <laughs> it's you, you know um, there has to be for for you to achieve that there has to be a certain amount of money that you would consider a minimum amount so that it makes a difference when you when you sell that that piece you know if your lifestyle demands that you make uh, you know let's say and you know the answer is simple how do you become a millionaire right mm-hmm. how do you make a million dollar a year you make three thousand dollars a day that's yeah, it right. because three thousand times three hundred sixty-five is about three yeah, million, yeah. Uh, one million yeah. dollar. You know, and and we all take a few weekends off where you make zero, right? Yeah. <laughs> but that's the secret. How do you make a million dollar a year? You make three thousand dollars a day, every single day of the year, more or less, and three thousand times three hundred sixty-five with bad days is is more or less a million dollars. I've never quite looked yeah. at it that way. There is no other way. It's, no, but it's it's interesting. Yeah. And and that's that's what I call being very very realistic. Yeah. You know, you want to make two million dollars a year? No problem. It's six thousand dollars a day. Now you know, if one week you make thirty thousand in one day, you're done for the week. Yeah. That's <laughs> right? right. You know. <laughs> you can have the weekend off. Exactly. You know, how do you become a million a billionaire? Well, you just divide a billion by three sixty five, and and that's all it is. And 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 all of a sudden you're like, oh, people are like, oh. Uh, I had a friend say, "Oh, I, I generate five thousand a year." I said, "Well, you won't make a million dollar a year, <laughs> you know." And 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 some people listen to that and they're like, "That's harsh." No, it's not harsh. It's like, how do you fill up your gas tank? You look at the size of the tank, let's say fifteen gallons, and you put fifteen gallons in. If you look at, if you put five gallons, it's going to be one third full. It's it's just numbers, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, if you have a lifestyle that requires that you make a million dollar a year, and then you pay tax and whatever is left sustains your lifestyle. And you don't have the capability of generating three thousand dollars a day. You're delusional. Mm. You know, you're just—it's not going to happen. Yeah. That that lifestyle just won't happen. And that may not be—it uh, may not be necessary to be aiming for a million dollars either. So no. everyone's going to be a bit different in right. in that. But I think what's coming out of all of this is that you've got to be realistic about where you want to go. Very realistic. And um, yeah. really aim for that. And also, it, just on another level, get over all of those um, issues. <laughs> this may sound a little harsh, but get over all of those issues of um, self-worth and because I think that's what deteriorates all those mm. ambitions. What do you mean self-worth? Like self-confidence? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. You have to have lots of I mean, self-confidence. You have to yeah. build that up too. It doesn't. That's not something that comes overnight. But mm-hmm. for me, part of all mm-hmm. of this is 
you know, believing that you can do it. Yeah, you have to believe you can do it. You know, and yeah. if if you don't believe that you can do it, you probably won't do it. Well, if you don't believe you can you can do it, nobody's going to believe you can do yeah. it. So that's it. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> the only person that cares the most about what you do and about your life is you. Mm. I mean, you may have very good friends and family that that really care about you, but they can't care more than you. Yeah. It's just nature. You know, yeah. it's it's human nature. You know. And, you know, a good metaphor for, you know, making the venue that you need to get to where you are is if you have, you know, you want to go from point A to point B, and let's say they're 60 miles apart and you want to do the trip in one hour, it can't be a road that had ruts <laughs> all over the place because that requires maybe five miles an hour which means that the 60 miles would be covered in, in many hours, right? You have to have a road that allows the car to run at 60 miles an yeah. hour, you know. Um, that's it, you know, there's mm. no secret, mm. you know. And, and the problem that I have is very often I hear people that say, I'm going to go from here to there in, in such a way, but then their goal and then the road that they're going to take don't match. Yes, you know? yeah. And, and uh, you know, like, I mean, uh, when we did Grand Canyon, we had people, literally competitors, that would look at my work and say, well, Alan's French, uh, I'll be where you are next year. You know, it's like, okay, because I'm French, it makes it easier, you know, <laughs> or because I'm, you know, I don't, I haven't done this very long. I don't got there in two years. I think I can do it in six months. And and I would look at them. One guy, one day came to me and, and uh, literally this, I had never seen this guy. And he said, I was sitting in my chair at the show and there was always two artists. And he looks at me and he says, next year, I'll be sitting in your seat. And I looked at him. I was totally unfazed. And I said, that's a good plan. You know, I mean, you have to have a plan. Yeah, it's a free country. Yeah. You know, goals are good. And he was listening to me attentively because he thought he really had me uh, insulted, you know, or scared. And I looked at him and I said, but there's just one problem. And he said, what? I said, well, I stand in the way. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think I'm going to just let you have the seat? I mean, I'm going to fight for it. <laughs> and he looked at me and he was like, oh. I said, you know, I had to push the other guy off. There was somebody else here before I, I, I came. Yeah. I had to push him off and it was hell. <laughs> and you think I'm just going to fork it over? I mean, you're nuts, you know. <laughs> but uh, somehow he thought, you know, that if he wanted it, it was his for taking, you know. And, you know, another way of looking at the difficulty is looking at the resume of people that are where you want to be. Mm. And, you know, looking at what they've done and how long would it take you to do all of that? Yeah, I mean, I, right. I sometimes I look at it and I'm like, wow, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> it's too much, you know. They've taken a lot of time, and if they did it in 10 years and we work 17 hours a day and you can only work eight, maybe it will take 20, right? That's right. So, you know, we also have to, you have to be realistic. You have to know yourself, you know, and know how much you can produce and what you can produce. And, and we are 40s. You know, some people are better marketers than photographers. Mm. And others are better photographers than marketers. And... You know, sometimes you have to hire help, you know, sometimes you have to, to get outside help. We we had to hire a marketing consultant, you know, for a long time. Because all I knew about marketing is that, you know, it involved pricing. And <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure what else. Yeah, so I hope it's not overwhelming. I, I just, uh, no, yeah. it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. It, you know, I, I still think that although there are... Uh, ingredients that are necessary that are going mm -hmm. to be the same it's still possible to you know be a little bit oh, how to put it not different but um everyone's going to be uh, every recipe is different yeah there's something yeah. like that you know yeah. it's we're not it's not necessary to all stick by the same formula no. because 
you know, one person wants to make a million dollars, but the other person wants to make half a million dollars. So you, you. Yeah, and maybe somebody wants to make ten thousand. Well, know, that's right. Which all of a sudden is way easier. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and and then the whole yeah. thing of you know what your forte mm-hmm. is, uh, if you are really good at marketing, mm-hmm. well, then maybe something good is going to come out of that. You know, yeah, yeah, because, and there is the concept also of of the pricing. You know. Um, uh, photographers don't charge a whole lot for their work not really. compared to painters that's you know? right and that's right. They, they don't charge much because they're not paintings well maybe painters shouldn't charge too much because they're not sculptures right yeah and, you know it's it's really a, a very questionable thing you know and there's many ways of doing it you know if you uh, if you sell a piece for one million dollar on monday morning on january 1st you're done for the year right <laughs> you know there is also that concept right um, so you know, there's more than one way to do it, but you just have to know what you want, you know, and, and what you feel comfortable doing. Mm. And I think that a lot of people just, uh, they never take stock of themselves. They just, uh, they just see a model that they think is the model and they go for it without asking themselves if they're even comfortable with that model. That's right. I you think know. that's, you know, definitely part of it to, mm-hmm. and that's going to be part of the plan, you know. Right. What well, most photographers sell their work for very little money. Yeah, it's, they it's follow the Walmart that, model. Yeah. They're like, I'm going to make it up by the volume. I'm going to offer it cheap, but I'm going to make it up for the volume. Well, it's just one, that's a good plan. But there's one problem. What if the volume doesn't show up? Mm. <laughs> and yet, when you're not known, guess what? The volume isn't there because nobody knows where you are, right? Nobody knows you exist. Particularly yeah. starting out, you know, that, I think that's a, a difficult issue, the pricing. Um, yeah. Because you want to, obviously, you want to sell some work. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. Part of me feels like not to be too cheap, as well. So right. Well, like Tony Sweet said, if you feel ripped off when you make a sale, you did not price it. That's right. Enough. I think a good exchange yeah. is where both parties are happy. It has to be a win-win. Yeah. yeah. But also, it has to allow you to live your lifestyle. That, that's the most important because yeah. eventually, that's the goal. Yeah. The goal is a lifestyle. Do you think we can miss out on the stage of the star- starving artist altogether? And <laughs> I think it's possible. Yeah. yeah, I think I think it's possible. I think it's a mentality. The starving artist. Uh, I mean, we had competitors that played the starving artist game. They would dress, you know. I mean, I don't know how to describe it. In a, you know, with old clothes, basically, they would, you know, look like they had no money. You know, they drive an old car, and they were doing fairly well. But that's how they thought they would make more money. Mm. Yeah. You know, that people would be feeling sorry for them. Um, and buy, you know, maybe do mercy buys, right? I don't think it's a good idea, you know, because I, I mean, personally, I want to buy art from successful artists, not from losers. That's you know? right. Yeah. And and I think they forgot that, you know. Well, yeah, because every time you look at that piece of artwork on the wall, you're going to think of this poor, starving artist. It's not a very happy memory. Yeah, what do you want to think about when you look at the artwork? That you helped somebody have dinner or that you have an enjoyable piece of art? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'd rather think that I have an enjoyable piece of art, mm, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you want to buy for the right reasons, right? And and the problem is if you start to run your business like that, then every aspect of your business is run like that. So, you know, you're going to put it in recycled cardboard boxes, right? When you ship it, you're going to use newspaper that you know you found in the dumpster i mean it, you know it doesn't share the right yes thing, i think you're right you know? it, yeah. it does come from a whole attitude it, and an approach because if you 
if you're really living that out, mm-hmm. then every aspect, it's going to come yeah. through in every aspect of yeah. your work. Next thing you know, you're printing on both sides of the paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could be good. Yeah, you have a choice of which print you can display. <laughs> but, but I think we forget that art is a luxury, you know, that it's something of high quality, mm. at least the way I do it, the mm. way I teach it. And, uh, you know, when you buy a luxury or a very high quality item, you expect the packaging, you expect the delivery, you expect the whole thing to be at that level. And, and very often without it's not the case, you know. I mean, we, we, when we bought the jewelry case that we showed you yesterday, yeah. the artist did not even have anything to wrap it in, had nothing at all, okay. not even a plastic bag. So that's at odds with yeah. the product because the, the piece looks so beautiful mm-hmm. and there's so much care taken with it. Oh, yeah, it's all handmade. That it's quite, it's, it's at odds with, yeah, not having something to right. put it in a nice yeah. bag or, you know, right. it could be simple, but... Yeah. Even the painting you bought yesterday, no bubble wrap. Right. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, just I mean, in a when, when in a I black but at least you had a bag. That's right. Yeah. That's more than most. Yeah. That's more than most. Yeah. yeah. I mean we when we sold at the Altavar, I remember Margaret asking us for a plastic bag in which we had our lunch to put some pieces that she was selling. Remember? Yeah. She was like, what can I have this bag? I'm like, sure, for what? Say so I wanna just sold something. I'm like, My God, you know, can't yeah, you just yeah. buy a, some plastic bags, yeah. you know? But they don't, you know, that's the, the starving artist approach, that you're, you're thinking about the same thing all the way, you know. We call it the cow path, you know, and, and, and the concept is that in every machine there is a cow path, and in every business, and actually in everybody's life there is a cow path. And the cow path is how you got to where you are, up to a certain point. So if you started as a starving artist, then the cow path is this starting artist mentality. That, you know, maybe you had to scrounge for rubber bands and, mm. you know, find plastic bags, you know, at Safeway or whatever. But then you started doing well and you could have let go of that. But the cow path is you continue doing the same. You mm. continue saving the plastic bags and, and giving people your work in Safeway bags or gro- grocery store bags. That's the cow path. And, and it's very hard to get rid of it. You know, it, it's interesting because um, part of the growth of a business, of any business, is the enjoyment you get from being able to move out right. of those uh, beginning places where you yeah. you did have to maybe struggle and you know save to buy the first whatever, but after you make some money to put it back in mm-hmm. and expand on that right. and you know again put back in and expand on that and that's part of the enjoyment of it. Yeah, moving out of the kelpa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Moving to a, a, a different place of you yeah. know, being able to afford to print some really nice brochures right. or whatever. I right. mean, that's... Sure, yeah. Yeah, you want the cow path to become a path, to become a paved path, to become a road, exactly. to become a highway, an interstate, and, you know, a stairway to heaven. I mean, that's the idea. Yeah. You don't want the cow path to be there all the, all the rest of your life. And, and I really think that for some artists, the, the problem is that they associate being an artist with, with starving, you mm. know, and, and not doing very well financially. Yeah. And, and so they feel guilty, you know, and, and I, think, I think we all do to some extent because we are taught that art can't bring money, you know. And so, uh, you know, once you start to do well, you tend to think, well, um, maybe I shouldn't talk about it, right? <laughs> this is not supposed to happen, and if I talk about it, it's going to go away. Again, you don't have that problem with business people, you know. That's right. You know, and because, I mean, they might not flaunt how well they do, but, you know, they, they don't make a secret of it either. Also that, um, you know, belief that if you do something you really love mm-hmm. or you're really It's not passionate. supposed to bring you lots of money. Yeah. yeah it's, s- it's either the reward of doing what you love or the financial reward, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
or you know if you do what you love you're just going to be poor and right right yeah <laughs> you, know? you, you do what you like and and you're poor and i don't do what i like and i'm rich that's right right but what about having both you know well i think we have to break those you know stereotypes yeah. down it's very funny because our neighbor uh, asked us about a week ago he said when you do well are you supposed to put some money aside for many days or have fun and I looked at him and I said, do both. Mm. If you really yeah. do well, you can have fun and put some aside for rainy days. Exactly. And somehow that never entered his... It was going to be one or the other. Right, yeah. 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 And, and I, I think it's both, you know. Yeah. But he, I don't think he could think of having it all, I guess, you know, and, 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 and there's nothing wrong with that. You well, know? we're also taught that there's not enough to go around. Right. You know, we're taught yeah. um, the opposite of abundance. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's a bad teaching, I, yeah. I disagree with yeah. that. I think there is enough to go around, and if we yeah. all believe that, and that's not to be excessive. Right. Well, right now, people say there's a recession. There's people making fortunes. Oh, sure. I mean, Jimmy Johnson just won the NASCAR's champion for the third time, and I mean, his reward is going to be millions of dollars. So it's a good year for him, yeah. right? That's <laughs> right. Yeah. So you know, and it's just one example. Just just comes from the top of my head because it happened yesterday. But there's other people like that. I mean, people now are marketing a lot of programs as recession busters. You know, people that, that teach marketing. Yeah. They, I'm sure they are doing very well. Yeah. You know? Well, in every recession, there's people that, you know, make yeah. money out of Yeah, and then other the people. Downturn. Right. People are buying the stock that was selling yesterday for a fortune yeah. for nothing. And then they hope that it won't go up. I mean, uh, definitely there are some people that, you know, go through a hard time. Mm -hmm. But it's... Um, yeah. Well, I'm not saying that, but... But it's not like everybody's starving all of a sudden. No, that's yeah. right. I mean, some people are losing their jobs, but and that's sad. But on the other hand, some people are making a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Know. And if need be through that time, you know, maybe we do need to make some adjustments. You know, maybe that is a time to mm -hmm. think, okay, maybe I'll be a bit more careful or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that everything collapses. Yeah, maybe I'll have two SUVs instead of three. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. You know. <laughs> No, it's it's true, yeah, and and uh, you know one of the things that fascinates me is the the concept of success because it's so illogical in many ways. You know what what we are taught to be success is actually not really success. Mm. I mean, you know, because a lot of people end up being very financially well off, and still they don't consider themselves successful. Yes, yeah. and, and success is not necessarily I mean it's partly financial but it's not necessarily financial it's doing what you like it's mm -hmm. having done that which you really really want to do it's actually so individual I think yeah you know, that oh yeah it's not a it's not the same for everyone one of yeah. the things I really like that you do is you have a um, your cabinet with things that you you display the your, achievement cabinet yeah but <laughs> it's not and that's just yeah. for you, you right know? and so often we go and you know reach these big points in our lives big milestones and mm. we don't acknowledge them yeah and then we forget you know we yeah. forget that we have actually traveled a long way yeah or not or not yeah that's because i got the idea next. for that cabinet from uh, the the guy from kiss right uh, what's his name Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons. Yeah. They have this show on TV called uh, Family Jewels, Jewels which yeah. is Gene Simmons. And Gene Simmons doesn't have a, an achievement cabinet like this. He has an entire room of achievements. Oh, right. It's all of the dolls and products that we've made with the Kiss characters, you know, right. the comic books. I mean, you know, you name it, anywhere from chewing gum to, 
you know, whatever shoes, you know, skateboards, whatever. And I thought, my God, I mean, this guy really has a lot of them. So I thought, well, let's see how much I have. So I have three shelves, right? Yeah. Of, of three, you know, I have a cabinet, you know, he has like an entire room. Yeah. And his room is maybe five times the size yeah, of my room. Right. So it also allows you to get where you are. Mm. Okay. And, and the problem with all these things is that a lot of people confuse, you know, that with, with being pretentious. You That's know, right. It's not being pretentious, it's just taking stock, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, there's nothing to apologize for, you know. It's it's just being straightforward and say, well, maybe actually that allows me to visualize what I've done and what I need to do next. And maybe we're so, you know, we're caught up with being, uh, we're kind of, there's a, we're scared of... We're scared of success. Of acknowledging yeah. Yeah. what we've achieved. We're scared of success. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why I mean when I say we we don't really we're not really taught what success really is. There's two reasons for failure. The first one is because it did not succeed. You tried your darndest and it failed, which is common. Mm. When you, when you do, you know, private enterprise, success is uncommon. Most of the time, it's going to fail. And if it works, it should really be acknowledged. And then the second reason why you're going to fail is because you don't believe you can succeed. You're afraid of success. You know, a lot of people, we see that a lot with artists when we do consulting, they plan for failure. Yeah. You know, they ask us, I'm going to have this special offer. Or I'm going to put this print out. What if I sell 100? What do I do? Well, I'll tell you what, you print 100 and you ship them. That sounds simple enough. You know, they, they, they're afraid of being successful. It's interesting in Australia, you may be aware of it or not, but we have a phrase called the tall poppy syndrome. Huh. And um, if people become too successful, there's this cultural uh, thing that happens where they they kind of cut down. You know, there's a, a cutting down of the tall poppy. The one that stands the tallest mm. is cut down. So, uh, you know, obviously not all of us are doing that, but there is that cultural element right. in the society that um, we don't like people who rise too far above the rest. So that's why Peter Lee lives in Las Vegas. Maybe, of, uh, maybe, maybe. I don't know where he's from, yeah. you know, but uh, Sydney. So, yeah, I'm not sure, maybe Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, but that's been a um, something that's repeated over and over again. Yeah. It's about the same in France. Yeah. yeah, it's not the same in American culture because I think it's part of the culture to be successful. But the problem is that the concept of success is very unclear to a lot of people mm. uh, because the, the, if you look at advertising or if you look at the media, the type of success that's that's really talked about is is very uncommon. You know, people are rich and famous. That's basically what the media offers. Yes, but yeah. in reality. First of all, well, most people are not rich and famous. They're either rich or they're famous. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And then second, most of people are neither rich nor famous. Right? Well, that's right. So you're looking yeah. at, I think, maybe not even a percent, you know, very, very small fraction. Yeah. And those are the ones that we think are successful. But, you know, when you look at the kind of problems that we have, I mean, some of them commit suicide, others, their children die of, mm. because they are neglected, mm. you know, they don't have time for their family. They have all sorts of problems. I mean, how many of them go, go to drug rehab and whatnot? I mean, right. are they really successful? You know, I mean, well, to me, the test is, okay, can, if you, you can be that person, but you really think it's totally successful, are you going to be that person? Do you want their life? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you want to be that? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't see any that I want to be. No, that's um, right. Because that's not my idea of success. And, and uh, so we have this very misconstrued notion of success. And, and so we also have the misconstrued idea of, of what... What, it need, what we need to do. I mean, how many people drive to Hollywood, you know, on their last yeah. dollar, you know, or, or maybe are driven by Greyhound buses, yeah. you know, or go in a train or, 
whatever, and maybe a plane flight if they can afford it, and then find themselves in Hollywood at the mercy of, of whatever because they are basically in the street yeah, and yeah. they are begging for success. Yeah. And, Success is is basically in your head, you know. It's what it's doing something which is right by you. Yeah, I and, think so. And doing what matters, yeah. you know. Uh, we we on the reservation uh, we met a, a Navajo that one day asked me uh, for money, so I said, well, I'll take a photo of you, and then you, I'll give you some money. So it sounds like a fair trade. And then I, he was a bull rider, and he had he had fell and he was hurt, and he told Natalie, he said, whatever you do, don't let Alan yeah. get on the back of a bull. And I said, well, what do you think is success? And for him, success was not getting on the back That's of a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, because it turned him into, you know, somebody who was crippled. Yeah. So, you know, it's a good idea to ask people that, that you know that are not rich or famous what they think is success. Because the answers are mind-boggling. You know, they, they, they consider success to be whatever it is that's going to make them be whoever they are. Or whatever it is that prevented them, you know. Mm. I mean, a lot of drug addicts will tell you that success is not doing drugs. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, that's, that's right. It's not being rich or famous. It's not making the mistake that they made. Uh, you know, I mean, the story of the Eldorado, you know, Voltaire, you know, uh, and Candide, they go search for the Eldorado, right? Right. And they find the Eldorado. And uh, in South America, they find this city of gold where they, they put so much gold on their back. First, they have a hard time getting in there. And then they, they put so much gold on their back that they are chased by other people. They have to throw it all away. And they end up having it's found the Eldorado, but then lost everything, which is very similar to the old man and the sea. He finally catches the fish that he's been dreaming of catching all his life, but then the sharks eat it. Yes. And he goes back to the village, and now he's got only the skeleton, which means, you know, the proof, but none of the physical value of the fish. No, he could not make any money off of it. And eventually, you know, Candide, cons- you know, Voltaire, concludes that the most important thing is to take care of your garden, you know, that basically cater to your own needs, you know, to what's immediately under your control. I think that's probably, to me, that's, that holds a lot of truth, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, like at the end of The Old Man in the Sea, where he, he basically is happy to have just cut the fish, even if he made no money. Yes. He's yeah. still as poor as he was, yeah. but he's alive, right? It goes, uh, it goes in a nice circle this you know it comes back to um, what we were talking about earlier and having a plan and yeah. and you know sometimes we actually don't know what we want and and what our definition of success is yeah. and uh, I've found in the past a good way to approach that is to um, write absolutely write it down um, mm-hmm. in a journal or whatever mm-hmm. and I a couple of years ago I um, even went to the extent of Cutting out pictures of um, photographers that I really oh, admired. Really? You mean the the photo that we took, um, or the a, portrait? A, or? Yeah, well, so, right. some of them were doing um, self portraits. Right. So right. and uh, so it's easier. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was easier. There was um, there's one uh, photographer and filmmaker in Australia called Tracy Moffat. Oh, I never heard and, of her. And uh, she's done a lot of interesting self portrait work. Yeah. And uh, she's an Aboriginal artist, and she does a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, reflecting her own culture. Mm-hmm. But some of her stuff I really, um, I really liked. So I had a picture of her um, with a camera around her mm-hmm. neck and uh, I wrote something along the lines of uh, wanting to be, you know, um, you know, a practicing, successful mm-hmm. pra- practicing artist mm-hmm. um, in photography, you know, exhi- exhibiting work, etc., etc. It can be whatever you want, but just to put it down in words and, and 
put in some pictures and things like that, it gave me a really strong visual sure. reference of right. the direction I wanted to go right. in. And that has changed a little, mm-hmm. but I think that's part of it too, that you can allow for the the ch- you know changes. It, yeah. Once you start on that path, it may not be, you may find that it's not quite right what mm-hmm. you've described. Right. It may be that you've you've right. started and you actually want to go over there instead yeah, of right. over there. Yeah, you realize that Ansel Adams actually may not be exactly who you want to be. Right? Well, exactly. That's right. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't put Ansel Sometimes it Ansel helps if there. you meet the person, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. because you're like, wow, you know, uh, okay, you know, that's, you get it out of your system, right? Yeah. 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 No, it, it's very interesting. And uh, you have to know who you are. You have to know what you like and don't like. Mm. Because I think that, you know, when you get into, you know, people that are successful, they're all very different. Their, their concept of success is extremely unique, you know, because success is uncommon. Most people just aren't successful. Mm-hmm. It's just not common. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it takes many tries. That's what people don't realize. They, they look at somebody who's successful and they think, wow, you know, he's lucky or she's lucky. Well, perhaps, but they did not try once. You mm. know. Eventually, it, it succeeded, mm. you know. Uh, you know, how many people tried to do something and, and, and failed, you know, and then somebody succeeds. It's not easy. And, uh, and sometimes that success is built on a lot of little successes before that yeah. or failures yeah. before that. It's both. Well, it's usually built on many failures, yeah. yeah. I mean, Edison tried 300 different ways to, f- to figure yeah. out the light bulb, yeah. you know, yeah. and eventually succeeded. So that wasn't common, right? You know? And, you know, sometimes the push is, and, and I was experiencing a bit of this too, um, finally reaching a point where I couldn't live with the possibility of not trying. Right, yeah. It was going to be um, far more tragic for me right. to to not to, try, to be in sure. the maybe kind yeah. of zone rather right. than to cut loose and mm-hmm. and get out there and try. Yeah, and what we call failure doesn't have to be failure. That's Edison right. considered the 300 ways that he tried to be not failures but to be the ans- answers that he had eliminated. That's right. <laughs> he had eliminated all these possibilities, <laughs> so there remained a few left, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, so so you know, I'm, I don't know what kind of person he was, but maybe he was happy, you know. And <laughs> I I strongly believe that it doesn't matter. Ultimately, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Everything informs. Oh you, sure. Yeah. You know yeah. where you're going. Like yeah. everything you've done in your past contributes. Yeah. It's highly you, recommended. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you want to use everything that you have. Yeah. There is, uh, you know, if you think about it, you, you can't really afford to let go of some of it. So, uh, you know, if you're good in art, that's it. You know, if you're good in this, you're good in that, that's it. Yeah. You, you don't have that much luxury of, uh, of throwing things away, you know, yeah. or not using it, you know. So, you know, if you're from Australia, that's one of your assets, mm. you know, and how it plays out, I don't know. Being yeah. from France, it's one of my assets, you know. Yeah. I mean, I studied at the Beaux-Arts, which obviously could be seen as a detriment because photography is such a technical field. But I see it as a quality because nobody has that training or very few people. Most people who do the Beaux-Arts right. don't go into photography. And those that do into photography, because I'm sure some of them do, don't necessarily teach in the United States uh, focusing on the Arizona desert. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so you become yeah, unique, right? Yeah. And, and that's what it's all about. And, and I always tell people that want to go into this business that they should focus on themselves as opposed to focusing on the location or the subject they photograph. 
That is, you don't want to be a portrait photographer. You don't want to be a product photographer. You don't want to be a landscape photographer. You want to be yourself. Mm. Because that's, nobody can take that away from you. Yeah. I mean, if I sell photos of the Grand Canyon, one million and one photographers can sell photos of the Grand Canyon. But if I sell photos by Alan Brio, only me can do it. Yes. And it's true for you. It's yeah, all true right. for everybody. Yeah. That's the secret. But it takes more, you know, self-confidence. And, and the problem is, self-confidence is mistaken by many people for arrogance mm. and so they're like you're arrogant and you have to really st- get them straight you know I'm not arrogant I'm self-confident you know <laughs> yeah. you know arrogance is pretending to be able to do more than I can I'm just self-confidence I know I can do this uh, and you have to be self-confident yeah. you know I mean heart surgeons right are self-confidence you know and I'm not saying that some of them don't border arrogance but they have to be self-confident mm. Do you really want somebody to, you know, operate on your heart and at one point during the operation have to have an existentialist (laughs) dilemma, you know, thinking, I'm not sure if that's what I really want to do with my life or, you know, not all operations can succeed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you don't want them to wax philosophical when they're in the middle of operating on your, you know, he's trying to replace the valve in your heart and the guy is like, you know, (laughs) Nietzsche said that, you know, there is the Superman, but I'm not sure that I am it, you know. Uh, you, you don't want that. You want somebody who is like, I can replace valves 100% of the time, That's period, right. you know. Uh, they can have the crisis afterwards. Or, or not at all. Or not at all. It's better that they don't even have it That's part right. of their lives, you know. Yeah, because, you know, that's what is required. And, uh, you know, wh- while you're on the way to getting there, um, I often say to myself, just fake it until you make it. Oh, and, absolutely, And in yeah. that regard, I mean, yeah. you know, Play it out as though yeah. you're already there. You get used to it. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you get used to it. Uh, you get comfortable with the idea too. Yeah. And it's such a common technique in films other than photography. That's yes. true. Uh, if you go into business, NASCAR, for example, to go back, and I'm not really in love with NASCAR, I prefer Formula One, but, but just because I know the, the technique, they prepare the frame for the next championship and they have it on the wall empty. Ah, oh, yeah, a lot of people right. do that. It's a very good technique. Yeah. You, you have the empty frame and you got to go get the championship to put it in there or the diploma. You know, it's very, very common. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Gordon, when he won his championships, had a checklist of how to get to the, to the championship that they had in the garage. And every time they would meet one of the requirements, they cross it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the ro- he called it the road to the championship. Yeah. We have to do all of this, whatever that is. You know, I did not see the list. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, Ron Dennis offered, uh, the, you know, Lewis Hamilton, a Formula One, uh, McLaren F1, which is worth a million dollars if he wins three championships. That's going to motivate him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking you about, know. you know, um, my checklist from, you know, when I go out shooting, you know, yeah. tripod, you know, <laughs> camera, self-confidence, you know, like... Absolutely, you know, have, yeah. have all these little things well, yeah, right. it's like you the take che- with you. Yeah, it's like the checklist that I did. I have the technical and the artistic and, right. I, and I... You know, we pass it around for every workshop to all the participants. We could do a checklist for success that would be, you know, uh, you have to have a loan or you have to have a certain amount of money, you have to have the equipment. That's on the technical side or the business side. But then on the personal side, you have to have self-confidence. You, ha- you have to know what you want, you know. Yeah. And you have to have a minimum understanding of who you are, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, otherwise how can you succeed, you know. Mm. It's, uh, if you look at people that are very successful in business, they're all very unique, you know. Yeah. I mean, Warren Buffett's during his uh, shareholder meetings, sits in a chair, crosses his leg in the middle of the stage and let people ask any question they want. That's very unique. 
you know, most people don't do that, right? They sit at a meeting table, right? And they mm-hmm. have people around them. Mm-hmm. Why does he do that? Who cares? It works for him, you know? And uh, I mean, Steve Jobs wears jeans only, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, right. I'm sure he can afford better than that. Yeah. Right? And a t-shirt, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you look at him and you're like, my God, you know, he's a burk. Go, <laughs> go get a haircut, you know? And, but it's, it's who they are, you know? And, and I think we're all like that, you know, and, and we accept who we are. And I think that's key, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie's getting tired. We'll stop here.